You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. So this is Ruv English and I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company. I am again in Sigilfjörður today with Lydia Athanasopoulou, the music journalist who's been guiding us through the history of Icelandic music. And just remind us of where we are. We did mention this a few weeks ago when we started uh, this sequence of shows, but we're in a beautiful building in Sibifjörður in the north of Iceland. Remind us where we are, Lydia. So today we are housed by the beautiful Bjarni Thonsneinsen Folk Music Centre, uh, one of the oldest buildings in town, um, which is a small museum, but a very important museum, dedicated to the lifelong work of Bjarni Thonsneinsen and uh, traditional and folk music in Iceland. Now, we did mention last week that today's show is dedicated to music made by and featuring a particular instrument. I didn't say what the instrument was, but I did say that in this house there are, or there is, one excellent example of such. So we're going to walk up the stairs in this former house, which is now this museum. And if memory serves, we go to the left? No, we don't. We go... It's downstairs, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I have no sense of direction, so I was confidently marching up the stairs where there is the audio-visual room, but no no evidence of the instrument to which I was so confidently referring. But now I've been guided into the right room, and the instrument in question is the accordion, and I'm standing in front of one now. Uh, This accordion is from around 100 years ago, or more. Uh, It was taken to Norway in 1919 and it now finds itself here in Siglafjörður. What do we know about this (laughs) this accordion and what part does the accordion play in Icelandic music? I'm out of breath, I didn't need to walk up those stairs. (laughs) So yes, we we are seeing in front of us a beautiful old uh, accordion um, that has been very nicely uh, been on loan to the uh, Folk Music Centre by the Icelandic Herring Era Museum, which is just up the road. Yes, and a previous subject of a, a previous podcast. Indeed, a, an award-winning museum. Yes. I encourage all our listeners to take a visit. Um, so we're looking at an accordion which the Icelanders call a harmonica, or just nika. And, uh, you know, this can be perhaps a bit confusing to English speakers, as we usually think of a harmonica as uh, the mm. sort of mouth organ, or often called yes. a French harp. But um, they should not be confused. Here in Iceland, a harmonica is an accordion. And you might think of it or call it a squeeze box. Now, there is one here in this glass case in this museum, but we wanted to just look at this one because today we are looking at and listening to Icelandic music which features the accordion. And I wasn't sure at first if drilling down to one particular instrument would give us enough scope. But as we're going to discover, it absolutely does. It does, and I was... Very surprised when I first arrived in Iceland, especially listening to music on the radio or if I was at, you know, my local pub or the bakery and they had, um, you know, music on. Uh, a lot of the music did feature accordion, an accordion. And uh, this struck me quite a bit because I haven't noticed this pretty much anywhere else. But, you know, there are reasons why the accordion did proliferate here in Iceland, um, perhaps more so than uh, the piano or the guitar, because especially the piano, you know, it's a very expensive, very heavy instrument. And the accordion, one of the reasons it's proliferated is because it had a major role in uh, the dance culture here in Iceland. So in Iceland, uh, we have dances that uh, happen every few weeks or a few times during each season. And uh, the whole town or even uh, sort of the neighboring towns collect 
and there's live music and singing and dancing. And uh, the accordion, one of the reasons, uh, you know, it, it became so popular is because it was transportable yes. and it was cheap. And, um, and easy to learn. I mean, I, we're not talking about a period of formal music lessons here. I do find it quite hard, but I am very impressed by yes. uh, the, the, you know, it's, it's much more complex, I think, than most people might think. And you For can sure. get amazing sounds from it. And, um, you know, because it has been present at so many, you know, parties and gatherings and, and festivities and Shiomanatagorin, uh, which is the uh, day once a, a year that the Icelanders uh, celebrate uh, people who go to sea, seamen and fishermen and seafarers. Um, and so it's, it has been present from uh, uh, even last century uh, here in Iceland. So the, the first reference um, of the accordion uh, being played at a, at a party um, is in 1841. So that's quite a while ago. It's coming up on 200 years ago. That's astonishing, isn't it? We're going to hear examples of music which has the accordion at its core, at its heart, and maybe we can hear the first one of those now. Yeah, so the first one I've selected is uh, Dance of Authoranum by Braki Hlitberg, who is uh, probably the most famous uh, accordion player in Iceland. Uh, he learned to play at a really young age, at, at the age of 10, and he, he released uh, four albums at least and wrote a lot of his own music. And uh, this one probably you may have already heard on the radio. Thank you. 
Danseth Thoranum is the first piece of music to prominently feature the accordion on today's show. Where do we go next? So next we go to the fact that even though the some of the first accounts about the accordion were in the sort of uh, middle 1800s, so 1845, there's uh, an account of a German man uh, who became quite famous for playing the accordion at parties. We even have a letter of complaint in 1859 from a woman uh, writing a letter um, to a man who was traveling from Denmark, uh, and she urges him to not forget the accordion she had specially ordered from Denmark. Um, and especially as more uh, foreign workers came to Iceland to work in the fishing industry, um, you know, some of them brought mm. accordions with them, and uh, so it gradually helped reform the dance hall scene here in Iceland. And we mentioned the Herring Era Museum, which is also in, here in the town in Siglifjö, the earlier on and when I was there I mean as you'll know there was a section dedicated to the music that sprang from the herring industry and the importance that it played and some of those numbers were incredible something like 22% of what we'd call Iceland's GDP came from herring in this town so something as big as that is going to trigger all sorts of cultural consequences and I suppose that the writing of music and the playing of music was one of them. The herring industry was world famous, but even Siglifjörður alone was very significant in this period of uh, time. And uh, so we see in Siglifjörður, but also other towns, uh, that as these dances happen and as we have people coming from various countries, uh, also popular dances have started coming from uh, Denmark and Europe, like uh, the polka or the waltz. And uh, so the accordion lends itself quite a lot to this type of music. And we see accordion players uh, playing you know, classic hits, from that time, um, you know, from Aloha Oe to um, Frankie Blue Eyes, but then also uh, with, with Icelandic lyrics, of course, um, but then also writing original music. And um, the other interesting thing is that um, because the piano, like we mentioned earlier, you know, is you can't really uh, move it around, <laughs> even though they did try. There is a story <laughs> of, of, of people moving a church organ from one town to another just so that they could have music at one of these dances. You know, the accordion can be thrown under one's back and yeah, you can move from yeah. dance to dance. Um, and, and, you know, this caused quite a bit of disruption because these dances, you know, there was, of course, alcohol involved. There was singing, there was dancing. People, you know, stayed up until all hours of the morning. And um, so the upper classes in Reykjavik, you know, they actually really didn't like the accordion. They, they didn't like the sound. They didn't like the people who were involved in it. And, um, you know, we have a letter of complaint to one of the newspapers saying, who are these vagabonds yeah. uh, with this screeching instrument? <laughs> it does cut through, though, doesn't it? It's one of those instruments that really does cut through. And if you, if you don't want to hear any music, if you want to sleep or if you're working and you don't want to be disturbed by any significant loud noise, it's not necessarily a slur on the instrument to say, could you maybe stop playing for a bit? <laughs> yeah, I think it's hard to play... Uh, the accordion softly. Um, of course, you do have beautiful examples of, of the accordion, but because this is also growing within the sort of dance scene, uh, and, you know, the, these are festivities, you know, at that time, uh, especially in the late 1800s, early 1900s, you know, Iceland is still a very poor country. Uh, and so the, the people who are going to these dances are usually, you know, fishing workers or farmers or, or just rural folk. And uh, so they need a way to relax and let, let loose. And so we notice that the accordion is usually playing something really upbeat, sometimes even really fast. Mm -hmm. And I had, do have one example by uh, Garðar Olgersson, mm -hmm. the song Meira Fjór. Uh, you know, we can hear that the playing gets very fast, very intricate and quite difficult. And I can imagine keeping up with that on the dance floor must have been quite a workout. <laughs> 
Well, we didn't attempt to dance to that, did we, Lydia? And I think we might have been in some difficulty had we tried to do so. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to attempt it, but I, I do enjoy listening to it. It's always very... Uh, it, it, to me, it kind of symbolizes uh, summer as well, because in the summer, people are out and about, you know, they're sitting out, maybe having a few drinks, and definitely that music lends itself to uh, a festive mood. I mean, it's not something that's used in contemporary music terribly much, is it, the accordion in Iceland, or, or is it? Are there examples? Um, I do have one example for us today, okay. and we will get to that a little bit by uh, Sole, but um, for, for sure it, it does represent a sound um, that is from a different era. And, uh, and even though the accordion is very popular, uh, then with the arrival of rock music in the sort of 50s and 60s, we do see that it dies out. However, that doesn't mean that it has died out completely. In fact, in, I believe it was 1998, mm -hmm. the Association of Icelandic Harmonica Enthusiasts uh, held a vote to decide which was the correct way to spell the instrument. Because in Icelandic, there are at least six different variations. <laughs> <laughs> and they settled on harmonica. Uh, and uh, in 1936, we have the establishment of the first club of accordion players. And up until the mid-20th century, it was, you know, such a popular instrument that, you know, there were uh, f special festivals happening around it, annual meetings. In 1977, Karl... Jonathanson, uh, who is uh, one of the most famous post-war accordion players, establishes the Reykjavik Association of Harmonica Enthusiasts, mm. with over 100 people signing up and uh, continued events over 20 years. And he's, he's very well known across Iceland, uh, Karl Jonathanson, not just as a teacher, but also for helping establish the general music school for accordion, because the accordion is not part of the music curriculum here uh, yet. Perhaps one day mm -hmm. it will be. Um, but he also, you know, did musical arrangements for records, films and TV that included the accordion. Um, and uh, within five years of that, of the formation of the Reykjavik Association of Harmonica Enthusiasts, seven other clubs emerge. Um, and eventually in 1981, the General Association of Harmonica Enthusiasts is formed as an umbrella organization for the other clubs, featuring 16 clubs in total with over 1,000 members, two to 300 of which uh, are actual accordion musicians. So this is a popular instrument. There's no doubt about that. We're going to hear the song, the, the piece of music by Soli a little bit later in the mm -hmm. episode, I think. But now what are we hearing? So now we're going to listen to Grettir uh, Björnsson with Silda Stulkurnar. And um, so this song is from his album Silda uh, The Herring Adventure. Um, and so th this whole album is centered around the herring adventure. And so I think this reflects very much how these two things are connected. Mm. Um, and the funny thing that I noticed is that the cover al artwork of this album uh, is actually done by the painter Örligur uh, Kristvinsson, who is my very good friend and neighbor here in Siklofjordur, but he is also the first director and one of the founders of the Sildaminja Sapnith, the Herring Era Museum we discussed earlier.
We just heard Sildar Stulkunar, and we've stepped outside and, well, something else that we've heard, which you spotted straight away, I wouldn't have spotted it in a million years, but you, you heard the bird song, Lydia, and identified it as? Uh, so that's a male red-winged thrush. Um, I'm actually a, a bit of a bird enthusiast, and we do have a lot of birds here in Iceland. So that's a male singing, okay. probably attracting a female. Right. Well, we'll see how that goes. We'll keep an eye on that over the course of the, the rest of the episode. But the reason I wanted to step outside was to just take in the view, which is absolutely fantastic. It's astonishing if you're familiar with this part of Iceland. We were pretty much in the town centre here, but we're surrounded on at least three sides by just the most glorious sight. The mountains are vast and tower over the town. And as we record this conversation, you'll be hearing it a bit later than this probably in the very peak of summer, but it's the beginning of May as we have this conversation. And much of these mountains, many of the mountains, much of the surfaces are still covered in snow. I wanted to just reflect that because when this music is being created in this town, we know about the influence and the importance of the herring industry. How much is the surroundings, do you think? How much is the environment? How much is the, the raw natural beauty as much as anything else? How much is that feeding into the music? I think it features a lot, not only into accordion music, but all music from Iceland. Yeah. Um, because of the natural surroundings, but then also how those natural surroundings uh, inspire or affect life, including the herring adventure that we discussed. And uh, one thing I notice about some of the these songs played on the accordion is that they actually do reference, uh, you know, not only herring, but fishing in general. And uh, there is a famous song by Alfred uh, Clausen called uh, Thordur Sjóari, which is a song dedicated to seafarers. And I actually heard that on Raustfer on Sjómanadavur last year, where the whole show was uh, dedicated to seafarers. And I thought that was very lovely. Let's hear that piece of music now. Han elskade till början sorger och vi kom stan ungbör och flor och han kunde bättre vid halan än plejnarnar nedan vid kor. Han kärde sig efter konur än kunde allt inga vid stor och tajan vid stjärnan han såg han allt bildar Kan du fall av mitt glömt rör 
Og enn þegar sjóhetur setjast að sumli og líkast um á Þá tæma þeir og kostnu honum til heilu og hrópa í þögnir í skál Og þá var hann vanur að segja til svona, já sjómennskan er ekki frí Skildi ég sigla um eilífan aldur Er aldurnar breyttust, já breyttust í því Þó skildi ég sigla um eilífan aldur Er aldurnar breyttust í því Já sjómennskan, já sjómennskan Já sjómennskan er ekkert krýð Já sjómennskan, já sjómennskan Já sjómennskan er ekkert krýð Let's talk about the place of the accordion in modern music. It feels old-fashioned, it looks old-fashioned, but there is new repertoire for the instrument, isn't there? Indeed, there is, and uh, that is very encouraging. Uh, even though, like we mentioned, there's not a, a strict curriculum for the accordion in music schools, um, there are associations for uh, harmonica enthusiasts all around Iceland, and uh, they host summer festivals with you know different events happening every weekend throughout the summer in different locations. There's also a dedicated publication about it called Harmonica Journal of the Harmonica Enthusiast, uh, which has been publishing three times a year since 1986. Um, and a cohesive accordion curriculum was eventually created for music schools about 20 years ago, but there is uh, not at the moment a, a dedicated uh, degree for the accordion in the university. That might happen one day. Um, there are famous accordion players, including uh, Margaret Arnardóttir, um, who is one of the famous representatives today, and she, she travels all around Iceland, and her, as far as I read, her schedule is pretty packed every, every seasonal holiday. Um, and if you head to Alda Music, uh, that's one of the major labels here in Iceland at the moment, they have a lot of uh, albums, compilations and recordings that feature the accordion. Uh, and then we also have uh, one album that I especially like, so back in the day, the accordion, like we mentioned, was quite fast, quite energetic. There are even stories of the uh, accordion breaking in half because it was being played with such such menace. Enthusiasm, uh, we'll exactly, say. Exactly, such yes, enthusiasm. Yes. And there's one story of one hum accordion breaking and then someone else took over with the second accordion and then that one broke as well. <laughs> um, but one of the representatives today of this beautiful music is the uh, quite famous musician Soleil. And uh, so she, ha she has a wide repertoire of, yes. of sounds uh, and genres, and I really like her music. But she does have one album uh, dedicated to the uh, harmonica, the accordion, and she's been playing the accordion since she was a child. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, on, uh, on her album from 2020, Harmonic, uh, she exclusively plays the accordion in a rather experimental fashion, which I really appreciate. It, it, I feel she channels the very famous accordion player, um, uh, composer and experimental uh, musician, uh, Pauline Oliveros, who uh, people might know. And so um, I have selected her song Harmonic 2 from that album Harmonic from 2020. The whole record is truly beautiful and it showcases the abilities of the accordion in a very different way to what we have been hearing up until now in this episode.
So without going too deep into the weeds, we heard that from Sole and you said that was, you know, I think it's fairly clear, a modern piece of composition using an old fashioned instrument in a modern way. Like I say, without going too far into the weeds, there's a touch of Zanakis in there who wrote for the harpsichord, didn't he? He wrote very modern music for the harpsichord that was very challenging and very difficult and didn't sound anything like what Bach was writing hundreds of years previously. So maybe there's something of that in, in what Sole is doing. I think there is. Uh, if, if you listen to the record, she channels the sort of deep, um, sort of bassy sound, breathy sort of uh, air sounds that uh, a accordion produces. But she also employs, you know, the sort of clicks of the buttons and uh, the 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 speed that you can develop uh, while playing. So I think she does a good job of showing the the potential of this instrument away from a sort of waltzing dance uh, scenario. I think we've got time for another piece of music, reflecting the importance of the accordion in Icelandic music as we have this conversation on a day that's threatening to become warm. Yeah, so I've picked Sjómana uh, <laughs> Valsin, so a, a waltz for the seaman, uh, which is uh, Sigurdur Olafsson singing uh, Svavar Benediksson, um, and it's it's like I mentioned earlier, you know, dedicated to the people who are at sea, especially given that, um, you know, their lives uh, away from sea when they were on land uh, going to these dances, you know, is very much intertwined with the accordion. Er 
ut som hälsar vi har ett nyhittning med solrana brav Säger välkommen hem, säger välkommen hem, höj värma i fögeldar Säger välkommen hem, idag har vi idag hem, har dig inrättar din far Der brimi vi Grönland och gista har kisat i nöd. Värn var var en dröm för sovanir och frau som vaker har bjöder och gud. En handan vid kolbyna kalla, virkona som fackar i nöd. Och röjlar vid blåögan sovande i son och syster han fackande i fjol. Sjärt välkommen hem, sjärt välkommen hem, all västan är sikkert med mis. Sjärt välkommen hem, hivr har vi då hem, och har bjärg och djupin ris. Och har bjärg och djupin ris. Well, I'm delighted today that we've had a chance to view one of these instruments in a, a very important and respectful location here at the Folk Music Centre in Sibifjörde and I think a lot of people might be surprised to learn just how important the accordion has been, the different ways that it's been used. Lydia, thank you very much once again. It's been my pleasure. This is Roof English and I'm Darren Adam. Thanks for your company today. Get in touch with us anytime. You'll find me on email english at ruv.is. You're listening to the Roof English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.